I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Here today, I would normally avoid a group like this, but I'm here today because what we're talking about is so important. This week on KSL way, Plus. I hope that all of you who aren't wearing masks aren't carrying the Delta variant, because if you are, you could kill me. This is serious stuff. The debate over how to combat COVID continues. As much as I dislike it, I'm going to try to, uh, especially when I'm around unvaccinated people uh, and and immunocompromised people, um, I'm going to try to wear a mask uh, more often. Weeks into the new school year, the impacts of the virus are apparent. Football games canceled, students and teachers getting sick. Case rates are higher than they were a year ago when the state decided to require universal masking in schools. This year, we have even more information about how to keep our kids healthy and in school. We have the right tools to win this war against COVID-19, even as new variants surge. Let me be clear, masks are safe and effective at preventing the spread of COVID-19. Our children generally tolerate wearing them well. What they don't tolerate is the pandemic that continues to rage around us. The state projects that in just the month of September, it's possible 39,000 kids between 5 and 17 years old could be infected. Kids are hospitalized at a rate of about 6 per 1,000. By that math, that's 234 kids that could be hospitalized in the state. And really, in this region, there's only one hospital designed to care for the sickest of kids, and that's primary children's, which is already full of COVID, RSV, and typical summer trauma. I have not slept great in weeks. There are a couple of things happening right now when it comes to masks in schools. The first, last week, a group of parents filed a lawsuit naming Governor Spencer Cox, Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes, and Salt Lake County as defendants. This is our call to action to protect our children and our community. The plaintiffs include top parents who are caregivers of at-risk children and kids with disabilities, along with the nonprofit group concerned coalition. They were really making it impossible for our schools to do what they're chartered to do, what they're required to do, what they're constitutionally mandated to do, which was to provide a free and safe education. The lawsuit argues the laws preventing mask mandates violate the Utah Constitution, restricting access to a free, appropriate public education, deprive students of due process and equal protection, and cause harm to vulnerable individuals and families. Some of those words you're going to hear a lot of, free, appropriate public education, or FAPE. Nate Krippis from the Disability Law Center explains. Under both the the Rehab Act and the IDEA, and they're, they're different um, in some ways, but they both have a provision that, that um, public education, you have to provide a free and appropriate public education. Um, And so there are provisions of law that kind of just say that that they have to provide that. The challenge with something like the IDEA is, um, you know, a student has an IEP and that, you know, that's part of ensuring that they are provided that that 
free and appropriate public education or FAPE. Um, I think now what you have is, you know, school districts are for students on an IEP kind of having to make sure that they're provide. they do have an obligation to provide FAPE at this juncture. That, that hasn't gone away because of the pandemic or anything. Um, and so if a student for some reason can't return to school um, because of the lack of a mask, you know, an IEP is going to have to make sure they're going to have to still have to provide, you know, what supports that student needs to get the FAPE. On a much larger scale, the Federal Department of Education is launching an investigation into five states, including Utah, for banning mask mandates, saying it denies students with disabilities access to a free, appropriate public education under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Governor Cox sent a letter to the president of the Department of Education saying the Department of Education signed off on the state's plan in July. Utah's law is different than other states in that it allows local health departments to issue mask mandates. We stand adjourned. Still, the county can overturn a health order like we saw the Salt Lake County Council do in August. But the team at the Disability Law Center are worried about reports that Governor Cox offered to use an executive order to require masks, but school superintendents shut him down. Here's Nate Krippis again. We've been concerned about this, the, the legislation passed for months now. Um, I mean, we've known about it. We knew it was kind of potentially going to have an impact. Um, and um, I think there were some challenges with kind of how the state has laid it out. I know other states have brought, um, you know, some lawsuits. Obviously, this wasn't an executive order kind of outright banning uh, masks. There's kind of more nuance to it in our state. Um, and so we, it's something we've been looking at for a while and trying to figure out. Um, and I will say that, you know, we we had hopes that um, the Department of Education might look into this for this reason. Um, I think it's a, certainly a question worth investigating um, from the federal administration. Um, when they, I guess it was last week or two weeks ago, they announced that they were kind of, they had sent a letter to the state saying they were considering, um, you know, looking into these states with mask bans. I know Utah is one of many states that got a letter on this. Um, and we had some conversations internally and we thought, well, you know, let's let's think about whether or not we want to submit something to uh, to OCR to kind of explain our perspective on this. Um, and so we had planned to do that. Uh, and then yesterday they announced that they were opening an investigation. Um, and so in, in an effort to, I think, try and provide them some context from um, our our thinking, you know, over the last few months, the, the reporting that we mentioned in the letter from the, the Salt Lake Tribune that that the superintendents really rejected the authority from the governor to potentially enact a mandate um, really does, you know, make this a little a little more interesting in the sense that I think initially what you had was a legislative action um, that gave some some leeway uh, for for local health departments to maybe do something, but really took anything away from um, local education. They took the authority away from them, but it seemed as though now, I think from OCR's perspective, it's interesting because these are these are the people who who get the funding. You know, they they get this this education funding, and they're saying no, we don't want the authority to enact these mask mandates. Um, and so I think it's worth you know an investigation into whether or not you know that that is them failing to meet their obligations. And so we just tried to spell that out a little bit in the letter. You know, show the standard of I think what you know discrimination should you know the the ADA and Rehab Act claims um, the standards for that. For many families, this isn't just about statutes, case law, and loopholes. 
My name is Ashley Bates. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, this is about life. I'm here because my child, my seven-year-old, um, rising second grader, already faced an uphill battle in public education, in having granted to him the, the rights that, that are his for a, for a free, appropriate public education, for a free and equal public education. As the virus continues to rage, our, our schools are missing the safeguards, the, the basic, the very basic risk mitigation strategies that we know help and we know work um, to minimize spread. I am a disabled single mother. My child um, is at risk. My child has multiple chronic health conditions and, and his health care providers have recommended that he not return to school in person until vaccines are readily available, until we've gotten through this, this pending, this impending uh, respiratory season. I would not be sending Ezra to school in person, regardless of a mask mandate in schools. But, and, we have now been waiting about 560 days of our 45-day IEP evaluation um, with the district that is unable to, to implement those, mis those risk mitigation strategies that would make Ezra's access more equitable, more would make it safer um, when we can't ensure that therapists and specialists will be masked in district buildings. We can't ensure that Ezra has equitable access to those services that are guaranteed, um, both by the state of Utah and in federal statute. We've heard a lot about minimizing disruptions to education. We've heard a lot about minimizing upheaval in children's lives. I am here today because it is children like Ezra who are at the most risk and the most vulnerable who seem to be falling through every crack that has been created by what I view as legislative overreach. Um, when, his, when his school district does not have the authority to mandate masks in district buildings, we do not have access. I'm also here because there are 28 other counties in Utah with many, many children who are in very similar situations. There are 40 other school districts in Utah with many, many other children who are in similar situations with families who are faced with no good options. Life is both hard and wonderful and beautiful as a single mother. And when you are the entire support system, situations like these are very, very scary. And feeling like you can't rely on those communities, on those, those systems that are there to ensure safeguards, make it feel like this situation is impossible.
Nate says that accommodations for students with disabilities could look like having one classroom that has masks or substantial upgrades to air filtration systems. What allows a student access to a free, appropriate public education will vary from student to student. But right now, he worries that these laws discriminate against disabled students. For now, parents are keeping their kids home or sending them to school and hoping for the best until a vaccine is approved for children under 12 years old. That does it for us this week here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone, and we'll see you again next week. 